Illinois falls to Penn State 30-13, recording this pretty much right after the game. Joined, as always, by Noah Callum. Will Charlton, welcome to another episode of ISN Now. And uh got to say, Noah, this was um, – it felt at halftime, even though Illinois had three turnovers, that they're still in this. Only down 16-7, to which felt like a miracle at the time. And then reality struck and ended up losing by – 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah, 30 to 13. Yeah, finals. Right. And I, I literally said it too before. Yeah. Sure, so <laughs> Mathematicians, you, yep, you know, journalists, they yep, absolutely coincide. Absolutely. Especially sports journalists too. Um, but Illinois now 1 and 2 on the season, all in 1 in the Big Ten, losing to their first of three other Big Ten East opponents they'll play. Penn State is the first. And then down the line, it's also Maryland and Indiana. I got to say, there were a few. I guess there were a few good things you could highlight, but first we have to talk about Luke Altmaier. Four interceptions in this game. And we, we looked at him the first the first two games. Last week, Kansas does has two interceptions, but these four today, two 50-50 balls thrown up toward Casey Washington, which usually he can try to get position for and maybe win, but in this case... Not the best balls and not the greatest decision-making overall by Altmaier today. Yeah, and, you know, the first few weeks you see the defense really struggle, and then you're seeing Altmaier be able to pick up the slack a little bit. You know, he had the huge throw that uh, if it weren't for that, Illinois would be 0-3 right now, that fourth down throw against Toledo. Yes. You don't win without that. You don't get remotely close to Kansas if it if it's not for that 72-yard touchdown run and as well as another rushing touchdown by Altmaier. He looked really from from what we saw. Um, he looked pretty good in his first two weeks, and he did the exact opposite uh, today. I mean, it's it's a good Penn State uh, team, uh, good Penn State defense. We were talking with uh, Brad, uh, one of our photographers for the Champagne Room, and Brad Replinger. That that secondary is is definitely going to have very some, good, uh, very solid. Going to have some draft picks for sure, and there were definitely some 50-50 balls that. I didn't expect to be intercepted, but you know those plays that Casey Washington can usually make, he wasn't able to make. Mm-hmm. And there were a few throws that were forced. One, the first interception, Altmaier didn't even see the guy across the middle of the field. And so, yeah, that was probably worst case scenario for the offense in that game, but almost almost best case scenario for the defense with how. Mm-hmm. potentially explosive that Penn State offense can be. And for a while there, that game was close when it definitely should not have been. No, I mean, Illinois has a missed field goal and three straight turnovers in their first four drives. Yep. And you look and it's 6-0 going into the the second quarter. Exactly. It's like, are we really here right now? Are really not down by 20-plus points? The score felt so much more like you're saying it like felt like it could be like 20-0 right but that's because Illinois forced two field goals and a punt and it's not like the Penn State offense was even that good today like when you really think it about wasn't. it they they had a lot of things just set up for them because Illinois gave the ball away in plus territory for Penn State so i'm not going to make conclusions about either team moving forward the rest of the season I will say Penn State, just based off what I saw today, they have a few things they need to work on as well. I wasn't really fully impressed by their offense. I mean, Drew Aller came to, into the season with a lot of hype. And while I still do think he's a very good quarterback, he didn't really 
looked fantastic to me. That, that could just be because it was his first ever road game he's starting in, but he didn't really have to do too much. They really did No, and, uh, you know, the defensive line for Illinois really started off strong. They were fantastic. Uh, Johnny Newton had a great game, he, and he was held on, like, a lot of possession or a lot of plays and still was able to have a gigantic impact, had the block mm-hmm. on the field goal. That actually um, kind of turned things around for Illinois in that first that half. That was it. But really, there was one one throw from Aller that I was like, okay, that's a really good throw. It was late in the first half. Um, got yeah. it down uh, right before the field goal. That was a good throw. That was a good throw. Um, outside of that, he didn't even – he threw 16 for 33, not even 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, barely over 200 yards. For the Illinois defense to be doubted so much going into this game and to respond the way they did was really impressive. They were the storyline for sure. Especially because it's one thing to – have the Penn State offense start on their own 25, 30, 35, and like kind of have it neutral to start the possession. Yeah. So many times, like three or four times, it felt like in that first half, the Penn State offense just started in Illinois territory. And the fact that Illinois, with like a first and four on the goal line, was able to force a field goal there. Mm-hmm. The next possession, too, when it was also in their own uh, territory, they were able to do the exact same. I, I can't say enough about what the defense was able to do. It's just. You feel like it's a much bigger loss than it was when you saw how good the defense played, mm-hmm. and you still lose by 17. It was just a really ugly game all around. This is one of those games, though, where you have to try and pinpoint the things that went right. And that's true because it, the it, things it, that it's went hard wrong. To expect a win. Yeah, the things like that, that went so. wrong, you have to realize, like, okay, this happened. It's in the rearview mirror. We have to move forward. But Aaron Henry had his guys ready to play today. Really and I, I was so pleased with it. Because, like, did the Atlanta give up 30 points? Yes. But they only gave up 16 at before halftime with all three field goals being scored because of the fact Penn State started in Illinois territory. Yeah. The 30 is not telling at all. No. It's not. What really like, happened. The, the defense had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, Penn State's leading rusher today, Nicholas Singleton, or Nick Singleton, 49 yards total. Or... That's receiving, rather. 54 yards rushing for Catron yeah. Allen. Singleton well, at 37. Well, they still they only averaged uh, four. As a team, four, 4.1 4. yards 1. per carry. And that was even like in the um, – they had some some bigger rushes towards the, the end. The two touchdowns were longer runs, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they played really well. And, and then you kind of look at um, not only did Aaron Henry show out, but even though the stats might not show it as much, Reggie Love really showed out too. He did. Especially towards the beginning of the game, he didn't get get as many touches. That touchdown run, but that dude, was that was power. I mean, that was Chase Brown esque. It was. It really and was. What what Brown was so good at was his ability to see the see the field mm-hmm. and be able to to cut back when he needed to, just find the open lanes that aren't set by the play from the beginning, right? Yep. And that's a lot of what I saw from Love today. I mean, there were multiple plays early on. Illinois had a great opening drive up until that missed field goal. Yeah, and Love, that was tough. Love looked great. There were multiple plays where he was able to cut back and turn the play into something when it looked like it was going to be negative yardage, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I don't know what his exact stats were, but that, that touchdown. 55 rushing yards yeah, for Love. 55, and then the touchdown, he just bulldozed his way into that end zone. Sure did. And at that point, you're like, Illinois is back in this game. And so much of it was only 13-7 at it's that time. you love. Yeah. Like, th- that was a touchdown after the block field goal by Johnny Newton, which you were talking about, that quite literally made the score 13-7. to Right. And then Illinois gets a stop to 
like before halftime, they get the ball back to potentially even lessen that lead or go take the lead themselves at 13-7. Then it was a three and out. Three and out. And Penn stands up with a field goal to go up 16-7 at halftime. And then the Illini score another touchdown late in the game when John Paddock found Malik Elzey. Also, fun fact, I'm sure you know this, but of all the people, to, of all the quarterbacks who played in the game to throw a touchdown pass, John Paddock was the only one. And the other one, the only other one was Trey Potts, a running back for Penn State. Yeah. Who his one pass was a touchdown pass on the trick play for that gave them their maybe twenty three to seven at the time. The play that really changed everything was you're in the second half. The Illinois defense does exactly what it needs to do at the get a stop at halftime. Forty six seconds in, mm-hmm. they get the stop right away. Three and out, and Illinois gets the ball back. Altmaier has a, a great throw, great adjustment by Isaiah Williams to get oh, that catch. Great throw and catch. Next thing you know, Illinois is almost in the red zone. Knock down the door. Like down nine, if you get a touchdown, you're only down two. It's Mm -hmm. basically a whole new ball game, right? Absolutely. Next play, he tries to throw it back shoulder, and the wide receiver is going in the inside and throws it right to the Penn State player. Yep. And from there, all the momentum was lost. That was it. And, you know, I I usually like giving credit to to Illini Nation with, like, Memorial Stadium and everything, but they were just really dead throughout the game. I'm not saying that they had necessarily a lot to cheer for, but you, you just have to hear against a top 10 team, you have to be able to hear just constant, you know, like roars from the, the crowd on defense. The defense gave them a lot to cheer for. They did. And you just didn't really hear a lot of that. And yeah, the offense definitely didn't give them anything to cheer for. And that play was a big Not at all. Why. That was pretty much the interception that, if you think about it, gave the game away. It, it did. Because, I mean, even at that point, you have three turnovers at halftime. You're down 16 7. It's like. We were in a spot where, like you said, you score a touchdown, you're only down by two points. Yeah. And it didn't it didn't feel like you deserved to have it. No, at not all at all. With how the offense is playing. But yeah, it look, I mean, Altmeyer, like Bielema was saying post game that they, they still know they have their guy. I mean, they're gonna review stuff and figure it out later in the week, but there's no you can't go away from him because John Paddock, I mean, the stats don't show up, but he looked awful. Uh, like 10 for 16, sure, he had the touchdown pass, but... Uh, you're, you're also not playing against the the starters. Like, once it's a no, blowout, not. when they brought in Paddock, they also, that's Penn State, taking out a lot of their starters. Because yes. why yes. didn't you risk them? Especially with how well they were playing, you don't want to risk that at all. And, you know, his presence in the pocket didn't look good. Uh-uh. There were multiple plays that where he should have been intercepted, missed wide open receivers, uh, threw it behind them straight to Penn State players and just yep. wasn't intercepted. You could see, even though Altmaier had a really bad game, there's there's no getting past that. It's true. He he did not have a good game at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it shows in the stat line. But immediately, you see a difference when Paddock gets out there. It's like, yeah, there's not really a competition here. They just want – they don't – there's no reason to have him – Stay in there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the fact he already had four interceptions, yeah. And, and at that point, it yeah. it gets to thirty to seven. You're down three scores in the fourth, like going into the fourth. See what the grad transfer can do. Yeah, you might as well give him some reps, and you know that's what they did. And he did have a touchdown that probably builds a lot of confidence. A uh, big play from Malik Elzey. I think it builds more confidence for Elzey personally yeah. as a freshman, a true freshman wide receiver, which is good. And you know there were twelve Four-star different recruit from the uh, Chicago area. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited to see what he can turn into in the future. Yeah, and 12, uh, 12 different wide receivers, or I guess mm-hmm. twelve different players who caught a pass today. Caught a pass today for Illinois, which was the most since twenty. 
the season uh, over against Wyoming last year. 2022, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a good thing to see, too. Uh, another big concern is uh, Matthew Bailey uh, dealing yeah. with a shoulder injury. So, um, which Bielema confirmed it was a shoulder injury. Yes. First, play, first play of the game, Matthew Bailey, uh, first play of his year. Mm-hmm. And he goes down immediately. We're like, no. I mean, he, Don't came, tell me. he came back in, but yeah. quite literally, like only it, a few plays. In that second quarter. Yeah, he only played like, he went down again. what, maybe four or five more snaps total? Yeah, no, he didn't play a lot. You don't see him out there that often, and then he goes down again, and then he's out for good. I mean, like we were talking so. about before the season, that's one of the guys Aaron Henry called like, like a leader of the defense. Yeah. It, it hurts a lot. I mean, if anything, it says more about the defense that without a leader like that, they were still able to really show out. And 100%. that's really the main takeaway from today. I am not worried about Altmeyer as much as everyone else is. No, um, I'm not either. Which I, I feel like we tend to side more on the uh, the logic when yes. at, at least when we're on this podcast. Yes. Um, Twitter always overreacts. Always, you can expect that to be one of the few constants in life. Sure can. <laughs> but look, he's he's young. This was his fourth start ever mm-hmm. as a college quarterback. Yep. Third game with Illinois. Really good Penn State and defense. By far the best team he's ever started against. That's without yeah. a doubt. I mean, so, the the one the team he started against at Ole Miss was like Central Arkansas or something like that. I want to say, yeah. And he well, I mean, he played in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor. I want to say it was, but he had never started against this kind of caliber of a team. This, I mean, like we said, this is number seven Penn State, who came into Champaign today and left quite victorious. Yeah, um, I, I don't think Almer is ever gonna. Forget this game. I think no. it's a an incredible teaching moment. Like we said, I, I know it's... we're like it may sound like we're trying to be really positive, but really, I mean, you shouldn't have co- come into the season expecting everything to go smoothly. Which I mean, that's, that's what I was talking about the other day. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day on our episode before this. It's just why did people think that Illinois football is all of a sudden going to be just just as good, if not better, than last year. Like, what's not, is there the potential for that? Sure. That, but where we sit right now, this is where the Toledo win is so big. It is. Like, the difference between 1 and 2 and 0 oh and 3 is drastic. Because mm-hmm. if you're 0 oh and 3, then you have to go at least 6 and 3 in the last nine games to even make a bowl game. Now, at 1 and 2, which I predicted and you did as well, the preseason that we'd be at this spot. You still, you have, you have a get right game next next Saturday against Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and then you start Big Ten play. But like, I guess continue Big Ten play. But right, you start your play against your intra division rivals in the Big Ten West with Purdue. So, you know, I think if you just get right next Saturday, go into West Lafayette with confidence. I, I think I think they'll be fine. It's just. Luke Altmeyer has to be starting quarterback again, and there's really no reason to go away from it at all. I think Altmeyer just this is one of those games that happens. It happens. Like, right. you know, what are you gonna do? Like, he's a young quarterback, like we've talked about. There's gonna be growing pains. He's looked very good the past two games. Put this one in the rearview mirror, move on. Like, it's gonna happen. And obviously, you're you can't expect this guy in his fourth ever start against that kind of caliber of a team to throw the lights out of the football. It's just not going to happen. No. 
It's, it's really not. And, you know, just look at, imagine if that Illinois team last year had to play against these first three opponents. Oh, geez. Like this, like these exact same opponents. Imagine just like everyone from that team last year, the way they were in their, in their progressions. Yeah. Played against Toledo and then Kansas, this year's Kansas, this year's Penn State. Mm Mm-hmm. You could go one and two against – you probably go one and two against them. Think about they didn't probably. even beat Indiana. So, I mean, if they had those opponents from last year, this year, that's – you probably are 3-0. and oh. Like, it's just so different, and I still think it's a good thing. It builds a lot of character playing against the tougher teams. It and does. Yeah, it sucks not being 3-0, and oh and, and everything feels like, you know, you're, you're heading down a bad path. Mm-hmm. But you haven't played a single Big Ten West opponent yet. No. And goodness gracious, that is a terrible division. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, and not, so I'm not going to sugarcoat don't, it. Don't don't just because you're losing to good teams and you don't look good against these these good teams, doesn't mean that you're you're bad. Okay, no, like not at all. Let's let's look how Illinois looks against Florida Atlantic and then Purdue, yes. and then we'll have a much better idea. Because then you'll be five games in, you'll be like, all right, right, okay. So there's now still, we can judge this time. Team. Will time will truly tell yes. over these next few games. Illinois just has – they have a lot of inconsistencies that yes. they need to figure out, and that was what we expected from the beginning. So. And B. Lamo was saying post game that I don't, I'm not happy we're one and two, but I think we've learned a lot of good lessons. I think we've had a lot of tough experiences that we can learn from. Yeah. He – you know, obviously it's, it's hard for a coach to have to swallow this kind of loss, but in general he didn't – like he didn't seem like he was t- too bummed out about it, which – I don't know if I want to say it's a good thing or a bad thing, but he was trying to he was trying to stay on the side of optimism. It seemed like in the press conference. I don't know if I, I think you can agree with me yeah, on that. No, he well, and he usually does. He does, yeah. And it's just I think this is one of those years where we just are going to have to buckle in and see if this team can find find a stride in Big Ten West. I mean, thankfully you got games that could potentially be losses on the road that you'd be playing at home like Wisconsin, Nebraska. I mean those are those are obviously always tough games on the road. I mean, you'll be I'm blanking out who the other teams you play. I mean Northwestern obviously, right. but uh then you have road game against Iowa, Purdue and Minnesota and then Maryland the road Indiana at home. So, yeah, right. that completes the Big 10 schedule right there. Um so, you know, just I I think the the tougher the toughest game on the road will be Iowa, as I'm sure most people would expect. But the three home games in the Big Ten West, just like I don't, I still don't think it's an overreaction to say they're very winnable games. Oh yeah, there's no question. And like even when Illinois got into the thick of their Big Ten schedule last year, they still played a Wisconsin team that wasn't mm-hmm. good. They played a Minnesota team that wasn't very good either, right? And then Iowa, who had. Uh, Really, really bad offensive struggles, and still almost lost that game. Granted, you had the art the dart for most of that game, but art the dart. Still, just the schedule differences are just like not even comparable mm-hmm. from last year to this year. And you just have to uh, take that into. Um, you just kind of have to think about that when managing your expectations for this year, because it was it really would have been hard to be two and one, let alone finding a way to be like three and zero. Oh, which you know, Penn State, I'm. Not that impressed by what I saw today, but I still think with 
how are you seeing some of these other teams like Alabama struggle? You saw Georgia struggle a little bit today against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Florida State almost lost as well. Yep. Uh, yep. So, you know, I think that Penn State's a good team. I think they and uh, Michigan will be competing for the, the uh, Big Ten uh, East. Right, you can't ever count on Ohio State either. You, you if can. they get that quarterback room figured out, that's true. They're, they're, they got a chance to win it themselves. So, haven't looked too impressive yet, but anywho, to, to kind of wrap up the conversation about this game today, I think, like we've been talking about, we'll piggyback on this. What the defense did right today, they have to know. They have to know what they did right today, and they have to roll with it. I mean, Johnny Newton, there's a, he looked like the preseason All American that he was hyped up to be today. He did six total tackles, one for loss. I mean, four tackle assists, like, and then the biggest one was the. I mean, he was getting he was in the backfield every play. Right. He was unstoppable today. And that blocked field goal was kind of the, the tip of the iceberg for his day today. But even got like Keith Randolph, eight total tackles today. That was great to see. Gabe Hackis got in there a good amount of times. I mean, he had a tackle for loss and he had the only sack that was recorded. Mm-hmm. Right. So Seth Coleman was in there. So, I mean, it, it's good stuff. Even Alec Bryant was in there on some plays. So, you know, like. I, I think what the defense did right today, Aaron Henry's got to make sure to take note of that. And I think, I, I, I really do think that with how the defense played today, that is a great sign of things to come. I agree. I agree. And yeah, it's all about, I mean, we've said this so many times, but it's really all about the expectation, managing your expectations, kind of knowing what's, what the team, like how, how good the opponents are, you know, um, how there are going to be some growing pains. There are a lot of lessons to learn from. You've played good teams, right? So I won't, I won't put it past Illinois to take a charge in these next few games, right? Either. Because Penn State is, is better than, than Purdue, better than any Penn of the teams State in the Big the West. Penn State is the best opponent you're Kansas, going to play this season. Kansas may be better than any team in the Big Ten West. Yeah, they could be. I, I, I it's I too early to I say. Rule out. It's definitely too early to say, but I wouldn't rule it out. No, I wouldn't. J- Jalen Daniels is one of the better quarterbacks you're going to face. So in the country, yeah, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I'd say. Yeah. So dealing with those those guys, it's going to pay dividends throughout the season. Absolutely. People just have to trust the process. It's just it's just as simple as that. Yep. Well, one and two is how Illinois starts out for the first three games of the season, like we both predicted. Get right game next Saturday against Florida Atlantic. We'll preview that later on next week, probably on Thursday or Friday. Once again, just like this past week where we previewed Penn State on Friday. But until then, it's uh, it's going to just be kind of a week of reflection. And just hopefully this football team will make sure that they come in ready to roll on Saturday against a team who eh, they probably should be. Florida Atlantic uh, one and one. I haven't seen what they uh, haven't seen what their score is on. We're recording this on Saturday. Going to post it on Sunday. So I haven't seen what their score is today at all yet. But um, I, I I do know they lost to Ohio at home last weekend. So we shall see how it goes. But uh, they play Clemson tonight. On the road, they'll be one and two. So. All right. Once we post it, people will probably already know. Yes. But yes. It'll yes. be one and two. All right. So, anyways, any closing thoughts from you? Um, well, I was going to say never never rule it out 
tonight. I mean, who knows? I guess that's true. Without Clemson, Clemson look, isn't yeah. ranked. Um, so hopefully so. Never, never say never for that. But yeah. yeah, just reiterating, trust the process. I'm not as confident saying that with Lunny. Personally, I'm not either. But I love what I saw from Henry today, especially with what Alex said in our last podcast. Yes. Uh, with how Walter struggled at first, he was able to turn it around. And Henry that was a great against, a, against a really yeah, it really was. And it really kind of painted the picture. I didn't really even think me. about it. I didn't I didn't either. But um, you know, it was a great point by Alec. Big and, shout out to our favorite <laughs> guy out there, Alec oh, Gilmore. Yeah. And uh, you know, Eric Henry or Eric Aaron Henry proved to us that, you know, this team isn't gonna be walked over yeah. like all, all over on this whole entire season. So that I saw from him what I wanted. I trust Bielema. It's just Lonnie is still like I don't know whether to trust his process, but in general, expect better things throughout the season. I'm with you, and I'll leave all you listeners with one closing thought. If Illinois doesn't commit two, even three of the five turnovers, this is a whole different game. True that. But, obviously, what it is a Illinois if they, loss if they of fly. 3 to 13. Yep. <laughs> all of it. We'll see you next time on ISN now.